this is Hanging with Bears. Today is July 20th and it is part number 168. Callista Bear, welcome. Bowler Bear, welcome. Um, I'm really excited for today's guest. Modern Israelites, welcome. Deep Lucy, Anchor Bear, what up? MTB Bear, Nighthawk Bear. Board Game Bear, Toronto Jew Bear, so many legends. I really, um, I was watching um, Tool Returner Bears and he was saying, instead of saying a sleuth of bears, saying a legend of bears and I really like that. So I'm, I'm taking it. <laughs> so welcome legends of bears. Got tons of them. Sean V Planet is joining us. Woodson Bear is here. Green Thumb Bear. Menace to the Evil, welcome. Yeah, um, today is such a cool day. <laughs> uh, we'll get we'll get uh, our guest on tonight, um, and we'll get started talking about it. Let's see if I can um, figure out life. Hopefully you guys can hear me and everything is good. Oh, yep. Awesome. There you are. <laughs> How's it going? Great. Yeah. I'm doing wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. It's good to hear. Yeah. I love, um, I have to, I have, I was, I was kind of worried about doing the stream with you a little bit because uh, that, you know, that, that urge to steal some copper is going uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> to be ever present in the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> I promise I'm just looking. I'm just looking and talking. You know, I won't, I won't take any. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to get stolen. I'm, I'm not worried about it. It's, it's really funny you say that because that was when I, so I chose my name last year and it was, it was in April when I was trying to like, okay, what do I want to name myself? And it was really, there was, uh, there's a lot of different inspirations, but one of them was that sun, moon, uh, golden, su silver, sun, and moon. And I was like, well, I don't want to be like, like have gold or silver in my name. So I'll just have copper in my name. And then, uh, cause I had a business and it was copper, copper Buffalo. And wow. I did, uh, just art stuff. But... I got a Buffalo right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, <same. laughs> and I was like, I don't want to be like, copper buffalo bear that's just too much so I was like I'll just cut it out and just make it really simple and just be copper bear and I'll admit I was doing a little quarantine drinking and yeah understandable yeah the bear and he's it's just like one day he's just like you know what <laughs> you know what copper I think somebody's gonna steal you and I was like oh no <laughs> so I I kind of I kind of stopped drinking for a good that was good i didn't need to be drinking <laughs> and be on the internet yeah. and like just be crazy poking bears <laughs> um, but yeah so i um just want to welcome you thank you so much for thank you, yeah. uh, being on and yeah thank you for having me thank uh, you for having me this is well, amazing no, I'm, I'm completely honored <laughs> that you asked to be with me it's really weird because um, you know, I've been doing hanging with bears for I don't know how long, but um, a lot of people will specifically like they'll request to be on with people, and it's like 
not too many people request to be on with me. I, I've actually, I actually enjoy it that way because I can reach out to people that I, there's something about them that I just want to know more about. And so it, it gives yeah. me a little bit more, um, like freedom, like freedom yeah, to it gives me pick a, and choose yeah, who you want to interact with. Yeah. Yeah. That's good though. And I really like that, but I just really felt honored that you would come on with me. So I just wanted to yeah. say, so. Absolutely. Feelings neutral, Absolutely. I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, how was the trip? I haven't seen uh, your live stream since the trip. Have you talked about it? Um, I talked about it a little bit. We did a, we did recap. Um, so there's a recap okay. on my, my channel, but I just want to make sure that before we tell the truth, it was for the pipes, copper bear. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez, boy. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Can't put one past polar bear, yeah. Quarantine yeah. <laughs> quarantine's real. I, I drank vodka quarantine is what I called it. It was just vodka <laughs> and, and fizzy water. <laughs> just vodka with a with a little bit of extra vodka in it. Yeah. <laughs> in a big tall glass. Yeah. All right, awesome. Well we've got we've got a ton of people in, Andy Jason. Um so well let's get started. Um yeah. First off, you've been on Hanging with Bears. You were on Hanging with Bears with Robert, and it was part of 83. So it's been oh, oh, nice. almost 100, 100 episodes. So it's <laughs> yeah, y'all have just been busy crushing, you know? It's like, like <laughs> I feel like that was like three weeks ago, and you guys are just, you know, already living in like 2024, like, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, for people that want to get to know a little bit more about your history, because there's a lot of similarities between your um, background and coming to Owen and mine and coming to Owen. And I think that uh, reverb is kind of felt throughout the bear community. So many of us were part of truther movements or um, were just politically right. And we just wanted something that was that was made sense to us and um, finding Owen was a really good way to kind of channel that those energies into something where uh, we have this really, really great group of people. Legend yeah. of Bears, I really love yeah. <laughs> yeah, truly, yeah, truly. So how's, how's things going since the last time you were on the stream? Pretty good, yeah, my, I'm working at this job that's pretty intense. Um, my boss is like a, he's a major in the Marines and he like, was like a drill sergeant. So he's a uh, pretty intense, you know, <laughs> he's pretty demanding. He's in his mid forties, but he has like the energy of like a teenage boy or something. So even though he's the boss and he's calling the shots, he's like right there with you, like doing the work. So it's also some added pressure. Cause you're like, uh, this old man who's the boss is like outperforming me, outworking me. So it really gets, you know, kicks you in the pants and makes you want to work harder, you know? Um, but yeah, it's and pretty it's intense out in the sun, right? got burns, burn sun, just constantly getting burns and everything. But honestly, like the last, it's been about five months now I've worked for this guy. Um, I mean, me as a man has just grown exponentially. I mean, the character, the, the discipline I'm, I'm, I'm developing, um, just that extra added, like, you know, being pushed beyond your limits, you know, it's like in the moment horrible, but then when, when the day's done and you've developed new skills and um you accomplish tasks <laughs> just become like a better better man more skilled man more disciplined man um that sense of accomplishment has been amazing um i kind of 
my my goal is to move on here shortly and become um, like a tree worker, like an arborist. So I get a job you're doing some kind of tree work. Right. That's what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I guess technically the term is hardscape. It's um, kind of light construction. It's more than landscaping, but less than construction. <laughs> so we make like patios and retaining walls. Gotcha. Um, pretty big retaining walls, though, on like construction sites. Um, so, yeah, I want to get into tree work, but it's just tough leaving this guy. You know, this guy's just like a, he's definitely an alpha, you know, truly, mm -hmm. like in every sense of the word, like a moral man, a righteous man, um, someone that like picks you up and drags you along with them across the finish line kind of, kind of mentality. So it's been really tough because like this isn't going to be my career path and it's kind of mm -hmm. physically beating me up. So I can't really do this much longer. Um, so, I, and I, and I want to move on to tree working for about a year and then eventually either like milling or carpentry. So I'm kind of like taking steps to develop skills and kind of get paid and to learn trades along the way. But it's just kind of tough because I keep wanting to stay, you know, it's like I, I am really becoming a better man working at this job. Um, and just, you know, overcoming being that little boy, that little uh, <laughs> beta boy or gamma male, whatever you want to oh. call it, that I used to be and just continuing on in that journey of, you know, becoming an actual like righteous man, man of God. Well, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because um, I have a, a chat group that I'm in and and uh, today um, a couple of the people just re have, they'll be nameless, but they were saying, you know, they're kind of having this inward inward spiral of of I want to do all these different things. And it's like almost so much energy is swirling in them to like learn all these different skill sets. And then, but yep. they're like kind of in where they're at. And it's like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I want to do this. And it's like, it's so refreshing to hear that um, our community is, has this desire to learn and really grow um, in careers or in talents or hobbies or whatever it is, however yeah. they want to do that. Um, it's just so wonderful to hear and yeah. see. And um, that's a great problem to have. It, it is. It, it is. <laughs> like, I want to work. I want to be better. You know, it's yeah, like, uh, I don't just don't know how yet. Like, that's an amazing problem to be in because right? God will God will find a way to put you in the right place, you know, and, if you just have really, that mentality, that energy. It's really exciting to see, too, because, um, you know, like I said, last year, I really started getting in, involved in the chat. And I have this group of bears that are just for a tight knit group of people. And to see where they were a year ago and then to see them this year yeah. it's it's so awe-inspiring it's like god is definitely with them it's he's with <laughs> all of us as we're trying to become better people we're trying to live that light of the world and it's just a beautiful thing to see and then it's like you know, you're saying, oh, I want to do all these other things. And it's like, you know, where's John B. P. going to be in one year? Like, what's yeah. he going to be doing? Is he really going to be doing <laughs> um, Oh, yeah. You know, well, look at me. Day. I mean, me two years ago was just a nightmare. You know what I mean? Like, think about where we all were two years ago. Like, oh. six months before the coronavirus or, you know, that question of, like, where were you before Owen? Like, probably a disaster. <laughs> Probably getting up to no good, wasting wasting your talents, wasting but your time, like putting that energy God in the wrong places. God yeah, was definitely knocking on on my heart, and um, you know the transformation from two years ago until now is 
it's like yeah <laughs> this is incredible it's not to say that there's not other things that need to be improved on it's like you know yeah. for me it's not always what do i need to fix outwardly because i've always been a very much a i have a hobby i have an interest and i'm like i'm doing it but most of it's like in the kitchen and so it's, it's accessible <laughs> for me to be in the kitchen <laughs> yeah you know, where where a woman belongs, right? The natural state. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. it's kind of uh it's just it's really funny because it's like at a certain point you're just like, okay, I surrender. Like I really yeah. belong in the kitchen for real. Ah, I wanna ah, I wanna prove you wrong, society <laughs> and history and tried oh, and true I, history. I'm very open about it. <laughs> So, I want to like work on cars and build things. And it's like, no, nah, I'm just naturally yeah. built to do certain things. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I know where my roles are yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and live and, it out. And that's kind of everyone's thing is finding that place to be plugged in and then just going, you know, as long as you have that energy and that, that drive to do what you need to do, what you're called to do, mm -hmm. you know, as long as you're just, you know, it can be frustrating when you're like, ah, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I don't know what to do yet. I don't know what to do yet. There's so many options in front of me and this or that. When you finally get plugged in and you have that drive to match it, it's just over. You're going to end up being the best cook ever. You're going to end up being the best woodworker ever. You're going to end up, you know, when you find yeah. that, that place that you're, you, you belong in and you plug into it and you match that with the energy and the passion and the drive, it's just over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're, you're kind of doing some, in the middle construction and now you're gonna you're looking <laughs> yeah. to uh doing some tree work and then um what other things are you working on currently because i know that you have a daily devotional that you kind of work and it's directed for men mostly um but yes, yeah. you can say that women can't gain anything from it but <laughs> yeah my, my recent episode was from the beach with uh my girlfriend um, she always changes her names, her Instagram names, but I think she's Cosmo Craft Bear. Okay. <laughs> she wanted to have some like 18 letter long, like photography, cosmetology bear. Like I was like, nah, just keep it short and simple and sweet. But yeah, she did, a, a you know, I, my, my stream is good news for my dudes. It's a devotional reading stream where I kind of talk about, I read these devotionals, kind of talk about religion and life and just giving the good advice for men. As you said, it's kind of geared towards men, young men. And, um, but she did a good news for the ladies episode, which was a hit. It's actually the biggest, most views I've ever, ever had on one of those videos. So kind of hurt <laughs> my pride a little bit to admit that maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe the stream's going to have to change directions here soon. But yeah, it's, you know, I just see a lot of, in my life, my, my mission, my purpose is to kind of be an inspiration to other young men like myself, who was a mess two years ago. And, you know, thanks all thanks be to God, I'm now not, or at least I'm now on my way to not being a mess and um, just trying to do good things, seek and promote what's good, true and beautiful. But I keep looking around the internet and just running into and associating with young men that are just lost, confused, angry, sad. Like we were kind of talking about, like they have all this energy, but they're putting in the wrong places. Um, you know, Owen talks about that, you know, you get the Jew question, right? You kind of Oh, my, oh, whoa, you know, and then that anger sets in and you want to get revenge and you want to seek revenge on people. Um, and that's just misplaced energy. That's just misplaced attention, time, energy. Um, and I just see a lot of that young, angry men who want revenge. <laughs> and I think what they need is God, 
you know, I might be oversimplifying it, but they just need righteousness. They need righteous masculinity, not anger, not rage, not depression. And so just one step at a time, everything I do is just kind of trying to be a good role model, give good advice, kind of share what I've been learning lately in my life that's helped me with young men. So that's kind of my purpose. So the weird thing though is um, women seem to like it though. (laughs) I always get women that are like, that's amazing. That's great. And it's like, well, thank you. But this was kind of intended for (laughs) to inspire young men, but yeah, yeah. Well, it can, it can be inspiring. Like, uh, there's so many women today that are, uh, hyper-masculinized and it's out of, I think, you know, Owen does a really good job of explaining why that is. And, you know, it's, it's because of the feminized man. And when there's a feminized man, the natural reaction of the woman is to revert into a role where everything because they're they're the neutralizer so if a man is hyper masculine um she's probably gonna revert into a hyper feminine role yeah. whereas if it's reversed absolutely he's hyper feminine she's gonna be a little bit more masculinized and that's that's the nature of it it's you know there's men are still going to have certain feminine characteristics and it's just it may not be like as exaggerated or anything like that. It's not like LGBT, right? It's just, there's <laughs> going to be certain things about them. Maybe they're a little bit more sensitive to the world around them. And she's just going to be, a, I know many relationships that are like this, where she's just maybe a little bit more reserved and cautious and and can like call out the truth when it, maybe he's struggling with it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so women are just these these natural neutralizers of of male energy and just as a, a collective whole, I think there's a lot of feminine, feminized male that make those women into that, that more masculinized way. So that when they're, they're watching videos that you're putting out, they're like, Oh, okay. You know, uh, I, they have something that they can work with because they understand like what that is. It sounds weird maybe, but that's no, for real. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that, it's making me think of that Jim Bob quote, that epic Jim Bob quote that I think he had. I don't know if it's his original one, but he shared it on a stream and multiple people have quoted it since then. But it's like, when men try to play God, women will play men. And it's so true. Like when men abandon their responsibility and they abandon their place in the hierarchy, there's a void. Like there's now just this empty void. And by default, the women are going to have to be men. They're going to play men, you know? Um, and that's going to happen whether we like it or not. And I see a, young, a lot of young men complaining about that. Um, the thing that our big hot button issue I've been getting into debates with young men, are, men about online is abortion. Because to me, I see a failing of men, right? Mm-hmm. Like an abortion is a man has failed. Right. But, I mean, all these like gamma males will freak out and be like, how dare you? That's the woman's fault. Stop the women. Make the laws to stop all these women and be mad at all the male women. Call them mean names. And it's like, well, if you didn't abandon your responsibilities as a man, as a righteous man, you know, if you weren't married, if you weren't providing and protecting for that woman, if you weren't leading her in the right direction, that abortion would have never even been on the table to begin with. That wouldn't have been a possibility or an option. And then you can just expand that thought into almost anything else. Like, why are women X? You know, oh, look at how horrible women are. I just look at that and I'm like, that's because men. Like, that's because we have failed. That's because men have abandoned their roles as men, as the masculine. And the women now, by, by default, like what you're saying, have reverted to doing that. 
and it causes problems because we're not in our natural it's, state. It's and it's so stressful for a woman. And I'm one of these women that were very masculinized. <clears throat> and I've, you know, we were talking about two years ago how how you were two years ago. I was very masculinized. I was, um, you know, as, as far as all things society thinks is good, I was crushing. I was crushing in society. <laughs> you know, I had loans. I had house. I had, right. No, I was crushing. Like, yeah. I had loans. Like, I had all these debts. And um, it wasn't until Owen was really like, women don't belong in the cubicle. Like, she shouldn't yeah. be working for a man that isn't her husband. And then I was like, okay, first of all, my mind is blown. And then I start thinking about it like, oh, okay, my job is my husband. Like my family right. is totally distant from me because I spend 45 to 55 hours a week working for this dead corporation, which is now my husband. And so it really <laughs> made it, like, he's talking about how, you know, people are so dependent on the government and made it more, it was, I was better, better able to understand what that meant because I had this relationship with my work. It wasn't a sexual relationship. It was purely professional. But because of the roles that we were playing, um, I was pleasing my my job. They were very happy with me. Um, but then <laughs> there there is something in it that just kind of tore me apart because once I started seeing like all the health problems, the struggles, the um, like going home and I just didn't have the energy to do the things that I wanted to do at home. And I have this really strong love of being, you know, in my home, making it pretty cooking, mm -hmm. baking, canning, like I have all these hobbies that I love to pursue and I just didn't have time for them. And it's so, it was sobering. It was very sobering to realize that. And then what is, what, is, what do you do with it? It's just, you're stuck in it. You feel like you're, you have a chain, a really long chain, you know, metaphorically speaking of, of enslavement to your lifestyle and so i had to do a complete inventory of my life is did you kind of go through a similar experience when you're like two years ago you're looking at okay where am i at oh yeah i mean i was the exact same but opposite as a man right i was emotional i was weak i was angry i was depressed i was going out and partying all the time not taking life seriously and kind of the same thing like you just you know i mean you can hear my testimony on my stream. You can hear my testimony on the last Angular Bears episode. But, you know, I just went into the very darkest place you could possibly go. And God, thankfully, <laughs> thanks God, every day I thank him for not allowing me to go through with it, pulling me out of it, and leading me to the right people at the right time to just snap me out of that state, to get sober, to man up, to stop abandoning my responsibilities and to seek righteousness instead of just selfish pleasures and... That's really, I think, and, you know, Owen, I haven't seen today's stream, but Monday's stream, yesterday's stream, when he was talking about, um, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, the greatest, probably the greatest intro to any stream ever, I put it on my Twitter, was, uh, you know, today we're going to talk about World War One and how it relates to Britney Spears. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then just brilliant, you know, just brilliant, perfect stream. But, um, you know, kind of that that same concept of, and so now I'm, now, now I'm laughing too much about the stream and not uh, losing my train of thought. But just that aspect of like when men abandon what's good and what's righteous, what's good, true, and beautiful, and they start seeking the material pleasures. 
And I guess the, the way Owen was saying was that they're so traumatized, these men coming back from World War I, which is true, but I think it's also just people slowly choosing themselves and their lives and the material and the comforts of the physical instead of seeking what's good in the spiritual sense. And that's just slowly going to lead to a decay of society. Slowly over generations, you know, person by person, individually, rapidly, but just generations of generations. When your grandpa's a weak man who's abandoned his responsibilities, your father's gonna, the father's going to do the same, and then you're going to do it, and then your kids are going to do it. It's just going to be this vicious cycle of people just not doing what's right and seeking just that temporary pleasure, that temporary rush. Um, I guess the phrase I like to use is the, the God the God-shaped hole in your heart. Mm-hmm. And you constantly are trying to fill that with stuff, like security and stuff, or safety and stuff. You know, it's like material well, things, and it goes alcohol further, or whatever. Like, you know, you know, I've been really kind of toying around with this idea that, you know, we desire salvation and we need to have faith, and and yeah. um, we're seeking we're seeking something, and so many people will try to seek the physical they'll try to seek that material instead of seeking god and having that holy spirit fill those empty spots and absolutely um seeking salvation you know in the world they're seeking salvation from the jab and it's like no (laughs) what you're supposed to do like you know that that desire it it's like it's almost like we're built it's built in us it's like a on a DNA or like on a cellular level where you're connecting with God. And if you're not doing that and you're looking for the at the world to kind of heal yourself and get that salvation and that rest and peace that you're desiring, instead of, you know, going to God, laying and surrendering your life to him, um, it's, it's like, once you see it like that, like <laughs> see the matrix yeah. almost like that, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, I see what's going on and I have compassion for the people now because I can see why, why they have that desire. Um, and, you know, and it's probably what you're experiencing when you're talking to these men, um, where you're like, okay, I can hear you. I've been in your shoes. I know where you're at. And now here's what I did. Not here's what you need to do. Here's what I did to get out of it. Here's, here's some Bible verses or here's a Bible, you know, like whatever you're doing to, to reach these men. Um, and that's going to help them to find their own state. Maybe they, maybe they can't listen to Owen yet. Maybe they need to listen to, you know, (laughs) read the Bible and really kind of get to a a state that they can. Um, because sometimes, you know, I think somebody who said it, Owen is like a 12 gauge, uh, Logos Joyful Music says, I bring up how porn and gay pedo to men every chance I get. Owen's rhetoric is like a 12 gauge. It really is like a 12 gauge. Yeah. Like it will, it yeah. will pierce you. And that's really why I like to, um, I really enjoy listening to Owen's streams, especially Monday streams. They're always, they're always wonderful. <laughs> You're like um, coming off the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like built up yeah. and it's just like, all right, here you go. I, I got it. Vox, Vox had a good stream. Um, couple months ago where he was talking about, you know, dialectic. I think it was when he was talking about it um, because they're going to release Aristotle, an Aristotle book. Um, He was talking about like dialectic, like truth, like being factual. And he's like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Someone like Owen who can just obliterate your argument, your well thought out, correct, intelligent argument, who can just obliterate it with rhetoric, doesn't matter. 
Like, no one's going to remember that. No one's going to care. They're going to go with the person who has good rhetoric. Right. You know? And that's that whole Ben Shapiro, like, facts don't care about your feelings. Well, actually, feelings matter. And that's kind of why... <laughs> that's kind of why your facts, Ben Shapiro, are constantly losing. Like, you're losing ground. The right, quote-unquote, the conservative, the right, the fastest-growing podcast on the right or whatever. That whole movement keeps losing ground to the left, which is based on feelings because feelings actually do matter. And that's based on rhetoric. Like they have good rhetoric. They don't have the facts, right? Like clearly they don't well, really use strongest, logic and reason, but they're what's winning. the strongest feeling right now? Fear. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So if you right can now, manipulate that and use it like a weapon, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like it's, you wield it like a weapon and you win mm -hmm. because it is like, and that's why Owen is so effective. Even if he's wrong, even if he's working through one of those thoughts or whatever, or you just don't agree with them. It's kind of hard to like refute him. It's kind of hard to like stand there and contradict what he's saying because he's so perfect with the rhetoric that even if he's wrong, quote unquote, like he's right in the argument. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I might not have been really explaining that. But. Point out some uh, so comfortable bear says, My wife struggles with faith in God. I asked her, she had faith in me. She said, Yes. I said, Good. I have faith in God. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's. that's really wonderful because it's going to help comfortable bear you're going to help your wife find faith in god like it, she's going yeah. to see that in you and it's going to be women are are a little bit material um they they can be a spiritual connection but they're still very material pe um, beings and so they need to have that um they need to have that strength in a man in order to see God, I still I still struggle with trusting God. My dad was not my dad was not in my life. I know it's a very difficult thing for me to deal with, and for me to trust that God is going to be there, it's like all I have is this, like you said, this empty hole where like I need God. I know intellectually God needs to fill that hole, but it's really difficult for me to kind of get there. So. Uh, yeah, I think that is the, just like the curse of Eve, right, is the women are kind of cursed with having this natural sense of wanting to like be in control and want knowledge, right? That was the whole, kind of like the fruit, the forbidden fruit. Um, and men's role is to be more spiritual and to kind of lead them out of that state and towards God. Um, and that's why I talk about whatever the ladder or the hierarchy or the, the forget the exact phrase that people use, but the order of, of righteousness, where it goes God over Christ, Christ over man, man over woman, women over children. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the man's job in that is to be like that spiritual bridge between the women who are kind of just naturally more stuck in the physical, more stuck in the mind and the mental, and kind of lack this spiritualness. The man's job is to do that, is to bring them up that chain, up that ladder and connect them to God. And yeah. so, yeah, I do think like if, if you have a wife, if you have a wife or a woman in your life that's not really faithful or whatever you want to call it, like spiritually connected, born again, um, whatever phrase you want to use, but they just don't actually have this connection to God. As long as you do, you can be the bridge. Like you can exactly. be the, the hole that fills that gap or the, you know, the piece that fills that and, gap. And, you know, a lot of the times I hear men say there's no good women out there. And it's like. I used to be the liberal and this is no surprise. I used to be liberal. Um, you know, I was probably a little bit more libertarian, but I just kind of ran with liberal circles. Cause that was just the community of people that yeah. I kind of grew up with. 
And um, then after a certain period of time, um, you know, after Obama was elected, I did vote for Obama um, in 2008. Um, after a couple of years after, I was like, why are we still in these wars? He said he was going to get out of these wars. And that's when I said, yeah. really <laughs> wait, yeah, we're bombing was, Libya now. What? So, and then, you know, I pursued this conservative, like, okay, you know, Trump is saying, get out of the wars. Um, and Ron Paul was a big inspiration to me. Absolutely. Yeah. That was yeah. one of my big main things is like, I do not want our country to be in these wars. And, um, you know, then Trump and then, you know, the falling out of Trump and I'm just like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it really wasn't until, until Owen was like, build the wall. And then Owen's like, he's never going to build the wall. So I'm going to do it. And then to watch Absolutely, him yeah. build that yeah. wall, it was like, oh, so all these things that I want these external things to be changed, um, I can kind of do in my own life. And once I realized that and I was able to remove the outside world and really focus on, okay, what can I fix in here? Which, you know, funny enough is Jordan Peterson's <laughs> message when he first started. Yeah. Um, I don't want to miss a bunch of comments. <laughs> but it was like, That's kind of that. Peterson is like, clean your room. And it's like, maybe not clean your actual room, but clean your room inside. Right. Get your, and, get your life together. <laughs> yeah. Like, get your stuff, get your stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just been a really kind of interesting, um, interesting thing. And I guess what I just want to say is just because a woman may seem lost does not mean that because she's lost, she's hopeless. Just because she's got a, you know, blue hair or I don't like nose rings, but a nose ring. <laughs> um, yeah. If she's got these liberal views, maybe she thinks we went to the moon. Um, that doesn't mean that you as a man who have really strong standards can't move into her life and convince her that she should be led by you. And it's so, it's so attractive to women. And I'm speaking to all those single men right now. It's so attractive to women to see strength in a man, like you're saying, and they'll be drawn to that. They'll naturally yeah. be drawn to it. You just have to have that confidence and strength in your position that, okay, this is how I want to lead my life. Not to say that you're going to go get some, you know, street crazy hussy on the side of the road, but <laughs> find somebody that has some sort of attraction to that you can have a conversation with and then go from there. Here's what I want to do. I want to have a homestead in, you know, the, here's what I'm doing to get there. Here's other things that I'm doing. Don't wait for her to tell you what she wants. You say, stay yep. right there and then, like, this is what I want. This is the path that I want to be on. And she can decide, okay, is that something that's desirable to me? And she'll let you know that, okay, I'm on board. I, you know, I want chickens. I want... <laughs> See, I would, I would take it one step above, though, because it, it wouldn't necessarily... And my girlfriend's in the chat, and I tell her this all the time, like, when we get married, it's not what I want, right? It's what God needs of us. 
Like I'm doing what I think is right. What God wants me to do, needs me to do. I want, you know, and she wants kids. I want like eight, 10 kids. I want a homestead. I want this. I want this. I want this. And that's great. Like strive for that, build skills to head in that direction. But at the end of the day, if God, for whatever reason, makes you infertile, you know, he wants you to do something else. Your little want of having 10 kids, your little thing, you have to be ready to let that go and say, okay, God doesn't need that from me. He needs me to go do something else. So that whole want thing is, I, I get it because that's true, right? Like a man, what a man wants should be what God wants also. Right. But at the end of the day, like you have to be able to, as a man, abandon what you want, what your selfish desires are, and truly seek out what's right. And then the woman will just follow that. I mean, as a woman, I'm sure you can attest and kind of what you're alluding to oh, is dude. like, women are just like, yes, that's the man I, I want. <laughs> Not I've this like selfish little pleasure boy. <laughs> and really like taking on a feminine role in my life and really just being cognizant. Okay, that's what I do. And so now I see myself naturally doing things that women should be doing. So a man says, yeah. hey, do this. And I'm like, okay, like I just, I just don't even <laughs> think about it. I just do it. Like, yeah. um, you know, don't do that. Okay. I won't do that. And then I, I just shift. It's just like, I'm so adaptable and, um, you know, it's taken a lot of work because, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm not doing anything. And I'm just like, you can't tell me. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm good today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Titty said, Copper, help me. I'm very weak and gay. Um, <laughs> we know, Titty. We know, Titty. You don't have to keep repeating that everywhere. <laughs> um, let's see. I want a Buick. I'll finish. Uh, no Buick. Speaking of Buick, this day in history, I have to bring it up. This day in history in 1969, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong spent seven hours on the moon. Oh, yeah. In the Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder where they really were. That's my, where, where were they really? And what were they doing? I mean, <laughs> it happened. They were the Buicks. <laughs> <laughs> Drove the Buick on the moon. Played golf. I'm pretty sure they had jet skis, too. I, I think I saw that on TV. I was there. I saw them drive jet skis on the moon. I yeah. mean, could it be they were driving jet skis on the moon. They're like, the ether is fine, guys. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it was really funny. I was looking up this day in history because that's today. And then um, there was also this day in history. I think in 1971, the first Martian landing happened as well. <laughs> So, as in we landed on Mars as, or like a Martian as landed, landed on Earth? they landed something on Mars. They landed a, oh, yeah. a something on Mars. So, man, they had lots of grit. Today's yeah. just a really powerful day, I guess. Yeah. Now, apparently, today's technology is just these giant penis-shaped things driven by billionaire psychopaths. Uh <laughs> Did you see the bees? I just looked at the rocket and I was like, enough. That's a penis. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a picture and I literally was like, that's not true. I was like, that's a bear making a meme. And it's like, no, oh, really? that's uh, real. Ah, oh, man. It's like <laughs> the joke becomes real life, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. 
I saw that and I was like, that's very detailed. Very yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now they're just messing with us, though. That's just on purpose. Yeah. That there was a, I don't know, she'll, maybe she'll put it in there, but um, like Oliver, Oliver Damon or Oliver Demon was, had something to do with it, but. Uh, Oliver, uh, like a person's name? Person's Oliver name, Demon? Oliver, Oliver Demon, D A E M O N. <laughs> All of her demons. All of... <laughs> I love. I love demons. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was love... very all of our demons. Uh, I love our demons or something like that. And like if you were to flip it, it would yeah. be demon lover, demon o lover. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was just a. It was just interesting. You know, you see like all these things. Like Owen really created a legend of bears that are able to kind of see through all of these spells. And so now we can look at a news yeah. report and really just kind of break through down to the other <laughs> And just laugh at it too. Oh, and then that's, that's the key is that. Uh... He was one of the teenagers on board uh, the rocket, the Bezos rocket, Oliver. Oliver Demon. Damon. Demon. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Got to give it to them. The script writers are pretty funny, you know. <laughs> but that's the truth. Like the the spell breaking, like the you know him developing that that tool, that ability with us to just be like, oh, that's a spell, and then now you're not scared. Now you're not giving into it. Now you're crushing instead of sitting around looking up stories or tweeting stories or getting in arguments with people about this or that. It's just like, oh, <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, yeah. well, I'm gonna go do and some real life actual it. crushing. <laughs> you know, laugh about it, right? The one where it was like a, a asteroid could come by Earth. That's gonna blah blah blah. It's just like no, that's not happening. I'm gonna go live my life, right. <laughs> and everyone else can be scared of this asteroid that's gonna come dangerously close to Earth. It's like no, it won't. That's a lie. I'm gonna go back to gardening. <laughs> I got yeah. you know tomatoes to can. Uh, <laughs> Harvest season's coming up. I got work to do, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, no. And so that's just a big thing of Owen and just this community. Just bears, you know, iron sharpens iron within ever, all of us bears in the community, too, of that. It's just skill sharpening and so you're in Tennessee, uh, character right? development. Yes. Yeah. And have you gone to a lot of bear meetups in that area? I went to one, um, but it was, that you know, controversial because it was kind of hosted by OFB, who's oh, okay. the guy, you know, the kind of that fallout that happened. So ever since we haven't had anything, but we're starting to get kind of connected. You know, West Side Bears here are close, Coffee Grounds Bears here. I go um, actually 40 Bear. He's uh, 40 because he was number 40 on the list of the, um, the Patreon lawsuit. Okay. Really good guy. I'm not going to say his real name just in case. I don't think he minds, but, you know, him and I are, are always in contact. He comes to my Bible study group and we kind of do hangups personally. Um, there's a lot of Bears, though, that are in kind of out east of Nashville and kind of um, by Chattanooga area, which is actually kind of where I want to live because it's more based out there <laughs> and the mountains are just kind of calling to me. Um, and then a little more east. So for some reason, we actually don't really have a lot of bears in like the central Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee area. But um, the ones that are here are, are pretty legendary and we're at least in contact pretty frequently on, you know, social media or whatever, the Bear Target Times app and Discord. But we're gonna start getting home like um, meetups a little more frequently. 
I started a group, Tentaria, <laughs> and it's kind of just a long-term plan of just being like a networking between bears and just Christians in the area, just kind of focused on family, just family and community, um, and, you know, just what the bears are doing. So it's not officially a bear thing, but it's kind of a bear-adjacent thing. I didn't want to be too, like, I didn't want, to, want what happened to the OFB thing to happen, you know, so... <laughs> I'm not trying to put my stamp, the bear stamp on my thing that I was making. So it's uh, definitely kind of basically the premise of bear meetups, but it's just kind of with a door open to bear adjacent kind of people, um, mm -hmm. homestead minded people that might not necessarily be uh, taking in all the gravy that we are. <laughs> but isn't that something but, that you were doing um, previously where you're having, like when you got there, you were having these outdoor um, meetings yeah. with uh, other Christians to just sit outside and discuss yeah. the Bible. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah that was kind of the, the, sorry. And you're still continuing to do that? Meet we up? haven't lately, but we're about to restart that up. Um, that was kind of our, you know, Corona thing, the quarantine thing, when all the businesses were shut down and everyone's scared to meet up or whatever. It was like, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, our churches are closed. Businesses are closed. Restaurants are closed but our parking lots aren't. So let's just get lawn chairs out and meet in a parking lot. Just get in a circle, bring drinks and kind of just talk about the Bible or just talk about our lives. Um, there were zero bears there. So that was more of just like me and my friends in the community, Christian friends mm -hmm. in their twenties and thirties. And then slowly but surely we got a couple. Um, Gravy Davey came, uh, 40 bear, like I said, came. And um, you know, some, other stuff happened. The group kind of broke off into two directions because not everyone's bears, you know, <laughs> not everyone's into that, like kind of doing what's good and righteous. They want more of like a social club, like a have fun club. And we were more focused on crushing, <laughs> like actually learning about the Bible and actually like implementing like homesteading techniques into our lives or, you know, survival skills and actual like community building. So it's kind of what we were doing is kind of turned more into like a network, of a lot of different Bible study groups and just information sharing um, on a Discord page or a Telegram page. But we're going to start the actual meetups again here pretty soon because okay. I do miss them. Yeah. yeah no, <laughs> the problem is now you don't need to because everyone's homes are open, restaurants are open, churches are open. So people kind of don't want to do that anymore. They don't want to get bit by mosquitoes out in the hot sun you know without a bathroom nearby when they could just go meet at a chick-fil-a or something you know yeah um but i kind of miss it the nostalgia of it was awesome um toronto <laughs> yeah. asked, did the daily wire make nashville gay yes i'm actively seeking to kick them out of nashville <laughs> there have been spottings i guess my friend i've had a couple friends that have spotted them um michael knowles i guess they saw in a grocery store and then the guy that's I always forget his name. The the main lead guy with Ben Shapiro. I guess people have seen him. And then they, they've kept their location real secretive, like real private. Um, and it's kind of mixed. I mean, most people, most Christian conservatives here are like, yes, the Daily Wire, that's really cool. And I have to keep telling them like, actually, <laughs> actually, let's not uh, do that. Let's actually talk about what they're really up to, you know? Yeah. I kind of have like a, a mind-opening, you know, I have a, Two different things actually recently happened where I have friends. One was like really getting into Jordan Peterson. It's like, I bought 12 rules for life. Jordan Peterson's awesome. And I had to stop and be like, hey, man, I kind of want to kill your like vibe because you're real excited. He's like, I want to get my life together. You know, I'm reading this book by Jordan Peterson. Have you heard of him? And I'm like, yeah, okay, about him. 
<laughs> I don't want like, really that energy you have, man. Like, let's 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 keep that energy up. Let's steer you away from <laughs> him and to a more uh, trustworthy source. You know, but you know, as a Christian, I'm just kind of laying out kind of the basic points. You know, I'm not going into Jordanetics by Fox Day. You know, the intricacies of it all. Um, but just kind of that concept of he's not a Christian. Like, you're a Christian and you want to be a good Christian man. He actually denies that Jesus was even a real person. You know, so just these basic, like, foundations of Jordan Peterson are very anti-Christian. And then kind of the same conversation, like a similar conversation with someone else who was, like, talking about, oh, Ben Shapiro is such a good leader of the Republicans. Like, I wish Ben Shapiro would run for office. Now that Ben Shapiro's in Nashville, I think he should run for office. And I had to be like, hey, man, um, I mean, he's literally not a Christian. (laughs) And by the way, here's a clip of him on Joe Rogan talking about how you know, Jesus was just some guy that got killed for trying to lead a revolution and Jews, you know, have zero respect for him. And that kind of got the gears ticking too of like, oh, you mean he's like a Republican, but he's not a Christian? And that kind of clicked in his head like, oh, I guess he is Jewish. Yeah, Judeo, yeah, Judeo-Christian, yeah. Judeo-Christian. If you want to pervert something, you put a modifier in front of the the thing that's inherently good. (laughs) 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 Judeo-Christian. But that's kind of that spell breaking. And that's kind of the problem is these, you know, quote unquote, thought leaders on the right, the gatekeepers on the right, really, are not Christians. You know, Dave Rubin is a sodomite. (laughs) Ben Shapiro is Jewish. You know, uh, Jordan B. Peterson is an atheist, you know. Um, I can't really think of anyone else. I mean, Crowder, I guess, is a Christian. I mean, I'm not going to question a man who claims to be a Christian's mm-hmm. actual faith, but I mean, he's in dresses a lot. That makes me question <laughs> at least his walk, uh, maybe not his faith, but his walk afterwards. Um, so these, you know, quote unquote thought leaders are doing a horrible job of actually leading people on the right in the right direction. They're actually kind of, you know, doing a good job of gatekeeping us or heading us off into that more liberal mindset, libertarian mindset. Um, Whereas someone like Owen, who's very right, (laughs) very, very right, extremely right. Like someone like that is actually a good role model to help bring and shift those people that in that direction towards the right direction um, and not gate kept (laughs) out in the little box. But yeah, it was kind of funny, like kind of sending my friends this kind of like mind, you know, red pilling or whatever phrase you want to call it, mind opening, spell breaking thing about, yeah, like he, these guys aren't Christians. You know, you should maybe look at like other people that are actually good role models that are Christians that have the same faith and belief as you and, you know, promote like being a godly man, not just being a better man in a secular sense or an earthly sense. Yeah, but overall, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy the Daily Wire's here. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Most people like it, but I'm embarrassed, yeah. I'm trying to kick them out somehow. <laughs> well, it's, it's an invitation yeah. for you to talk about some truths and That's really true, break yeah. the spell of that That's conservative true. truth, um, quote-unquote, thought leaders, as you, as you put it. It really opens that door. Um, it's really funny that you bring up that you know you have a friend that's really into Jordan Peterson because my boss uh or the owner of the place I work at he was bringing up how he thought he was really cool <laughs> and I'm just like uh, oh. or they'll bring up like Joe Rogan and I'm like do, do I say something like okay let me yeah. show you a picture is <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan on a car like that's okay. yeah. You still think he's cool? 
Joe Rogan um, is literally 5'3". <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that like broke the internet almost. Yeah. <laughs> that Joe Rogan. And that stream that Owen did, 1162, was like, I really love Owen's streams where <clears throat> he comes on and he's got this really excited, like, they're like almost childlike. <laughs> oh my god, you guys, I'm like, the best person in the whole world. This is so amazing. It's so yeah. much gravy. I'm so excited. I feel so great. And it's, it's like, well, let's just get into it. Let's just get right into it. Just delivers this amazing stream. <laughs> and yeah. 1162 was one of them. And that was because somebody flew, yeah. uh, Will You Marry Me? But they also put Joe Rogan is literally. <laughs> literally like, I don't five even to three. Know if he said anything if he had a response to it you can't i mean you can't that's one of those that's one of those you know did you stop beating your wife questions where you just say no comment or you just say like i'm not responding to that <laughs> turn and walk away don't don't give it any credit because either response like, is going to be bad yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um. yeah <laughs> oh camera says sean's laugh is amazing <laughs> I missed who said it, but someone posted that we should start the daily copper wire. Compete, yeah. Nashville. Yeah, daily <laughs> copper wire. Let's get it going. Let's get you on a stream. Let's just, uh, <laughs> guitar riff they're and just trying to sell, they're just trying Shapiro or Kruger you that you prefer. They switch to Chris, Christo Judeo values. Ah, they switch, huh? No. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a, uh, I mean, that's a thankfully a spell breaker. Um, Cause I, that's, I mean, I was watching, you know, before I found, I was in a miserable place in my life way before I found Owen, I was listening to the daily wire. Like I really like Michael Knowles. I really like Ben Shapiro. Cause I'm like, man, these guys are like, you know, they have like a thought that's outside of the mainstream. <laughs> and it's like, I can't even like, it's like so embarrassing to say it out loud, you know? And then you'll find Crowder, and I'm like, oh, this guy's funny. You know, this guy's kind of clever. Um, and, like, Gavin McGinnis was kind of the one who I was really like, he, I kind of, you know, he's funny, but he's a little more smart. And then over time, I just kind of started to realize, like, yeah, Ben Shapiro is, uh, and you just kind of get that feeling of you're just like, uh, you know, this guy, this guy gets really happy and excited when, like, a, a synagogue gets shot, you know, because it's just a week of, you know, victim mentality and, you know, it just kind of really would push your buttons. Um, I guess it would just really wake you up. It wouldn't push your buttons, but it would just really wake you up to that, that whole idea of like being thought leaders and you're like tasting a little bit of the truth, but you're not really getting it. And then when that, I can't even think of what it's called, but someone bought out Steven Crowder basically. And basically it kind of made a, a point to not bring on Gavin McGinnis onto the new network. Was I'm it... Back. um Glenn Beck's network, yeah. So they basically like they they took all these people and they they cut out Gavin McGinnis and they cut out Michelle Malkin. And I was like, well, those are the kind of the two people that speak I the, the most. most truth. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like, that's right when I was like, wait, wait, what? Uh, okay, like maybe these maybe Crowder's not a good guy. He doesn't seem to be defending them or speaking out against that. He kind of seems to just be taking the money and running with it. So then oh, I think about a month later, he had a transition. I don't know. Were you listening to Owen during that whole transition? No. So then, so while that was happening, I think that was all in like a November or December. 
I yep. think that was exactly the same time where Owen got cut out, but it wasn't oh. on the same idea. But you know, yeah, Crowder so. kind of made some thing on his show where he's like, "Oh, Owen Benjamin, we're still friends. We're still in contact." You know, it's this whole like contrived fake thing where he's like, oh, "I have nothing. I have no problems with Owen, but he's just not going to be on the show anymore." Kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, "Who's Owen?" You know, because I kind of knew him. I kind of had seen him on the on the show, kind of in like little skits and stuff. I'm like, "Who is that guy? Is he controversial or something?" So I went and literally like went to YouTube and typed in like Owen Benjamin and I watched like, the live stream. What he's, is that thing? He's literally drunk ranting about the moon. And I was like, this guy, this guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was just instant. I was like, <laughs> and I, my first thought was like, I'm probably not going to agree with this guy, but like I've been saying the moon landing is fake for 10 years and everyone just calls you stupid and crazy, you know? And I'm like, this guy is unashamed, unabashedly speaking the truth, keeping it real. He's emotional. He's passionate. Um, and like you said, that rhetoric is a 12 gauge. It really is. And from there, it was just over. I think that was January 2019. It was probably like January 5th or something. It was like right at the beginning, like right after New Year's. And I just binge listened to every single podcast he had from like maybe episode 100 or 200. Um, so I just, as I was working, I just went in order and just did every single podcast, caught all the way up. And it was just over. I mean, from that point, you look back and you're, like I said, it's like embarrassing to be like, I really thought this Ben Shapiro guy was smart and mm -hmm. talking about stuff that <laughs> needs to be talked about, but the mainstream is not covering. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> I so can't believe I, I remember, was I was stuck like, in that that get that bubble. I remember that. So there was so he was on crowd he was on Crowder and then he would do his own streams. So I'd you know watch the the daily Crowder episode and and whatever, and then I would catch Owen streams because you know I'm at work. I'm working a million hours a week, and <laughs> so that's what I I would just kind of fill my head with all these talking heads or whatever. And so I was, you know, listening to Crowder and then, you know, I'd listen to Gavin McGinnis because I was a CRTV member. And then <clears throat> when that, so he was into Jordan Peterson. So he talked about Jordan Peterson and then he was kind of starting to like edge away from Jordan Peterson and like, you know, Jordan, did you steal my lawnmower? <laughs> like that, that's <laughs> But then during that, there was a two week hiatus when they were, they were changing the set and he was like, okay, I'm just gonna just rant. And then he started talking about how we didn't go to the moon. And I was like, oh, this is interesting, you know, whatever. Like, I'm just, I'm just listening. Like, I was a lurker for a long time. And then um, <clears throat> when I was like, okay, well, I still have my CRTV membership. But when it came back on, it was Blaze TV all of a sudden. I was like, well, I, Glenn Beck is a sodomite. Like, I'm not, yeah. like, I'm not giving him my money whatsoever. Yeah. And, so, yeah. and so I just, uh, I, I ended my subscription and, um, you know, that was that, especially after Gavin, because um, I really liked yeah. Gavin's, Gavin's show. Yeah. And um, I was like, well, that was really dirty. Like, if that's going on, then I just don't even want any part of this. I'm not sending my yeah. money to something like that. And uh, it was just an interesting thing because, you know, you say that Crowder was trying to like play, just kind of play it off. And then Owen is also trying to still be like nice to Crowder because he, you know, he's a great, Owen's a great guy. And, and, uh, but he's sitting here ranting about the moon. And then all of a sudden it comes out as like, oh, they couldn't handle, they couldn't handle that. 
truth. They couldn't yeah. handle me saying that, you know, it was like, stop saying that or, um, you know, we just can't associate yeah. with each other anymore. Or you're going to mess up my precious money. You're going to mess up my money revenue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that's one of those moments where you. Sorry. Uh, Toronto Jew said he started uh, watching Owen when Crowder was on hiatus. So I think a lot of us. Right then. Yeah. I think it's just a blessing in disguise. We were like, man, ah, ah, but then that spark. You know, it's like I went on to find E. Michael Jones, Roosh, Jesse Lee Peterson, Owen, Vox Day, uh, you know, Wrangler Star. I mean, so many people that are like amazing inspirations that are like, thank God. I mean, thank you, God, truly for showing me this and not keeping me in that bubble of like, oh, listening to Michael Knowles because it's the best thing there is. <laughs> you know, it's just complaints, it's just complaints. It's complaining about Babylon or promoting Babylon. And then when you just start seeking outside of the city gates, the city walls of Babylon, you start finding crushers who are like, actually, here's some solutions to your problems. Here's some advice for you. Like that's not superficial or kind of scratching the surface of truth. Like here's some biblical truth that will open up, <laughs> open up your mind and your heart to what's good and what's righteous and what's going to help you in your walk towards God towards the kingdom, like, and the cool <laughs> not thing just about is, keep is you like, stuck and living in this world. If you're in that truth or group, if you're really in that, you're, you're, you're likely seeking truth because that you're, you're thinking you're getting that. And so, you know, I, I look at people that like people at work that are still listening to the daily wire, blaze TV, whatever, um, Jordan Peterson and, and I'm like, okay, there's hope for these people because right. I was there and just because they're not on the same um, timeline I'm, that I am doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to get there. And right. um, like I said, it's like, we know these truths about these, you know, we have these opinions, I should say, about these talking heads, um, but it really opens that and God is really just kind of putting it in our lives where we can have these doors opened to gather more people and just encourage them towards truth because there <clears throat> there's something really beautiful about um, seeing everything how it kind of started with this small seed you know four or five years ago and then just grew into right right now where um, you know I've I've traveled I kind of calculated I've I'm almost traveled like 20,000 miles to go visit Paris. Wow. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's That's pretty, amazing. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> and it's like, you know, two years yeah. ago, would I have thought I would be doing this? No. Two years ago, would I thought would I have thought I'm in the position I am today? No. Um, and it's just a beautiful and inspirational thing because it really is this. Owen was kind of talking about uh, how. Uh, like Tartaria may have been a big, wonderful thing. And we're like, oh, they're destroying it. But they probably destroyed themselves. Like right. it gets yeah. to a certain, it gets to a certain size and then it's just unmanageable and it just breaks down. And it's like, then these other little new nations can start. And it's, I don't know what you think about it, but it reminds me of the book of Daniel um, with yeah. the statue of Nimrod. So yeah. what would you think about that? 
Yeah, that I forget that phrase he said, but it's like every empire is wooden shoes walking up the stairs, and then is it gold shoes or silver shoes walking down? Where I think everything good is built by grit. <laughs> everything is like hard work, sacrifice is required to make something good, and then um, I guess what's that 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 meme that gets cycled around is like. Hard times make strong men, strong men make good times, good times make weak men, weak men make hard times. It's just that cycle I think is inevitable. So everyone lingers on the past and talks about how great the Roman Empire was or Tartaria. And I, I do, I, I like, I'm, I've been really into the Tartaria I'm stuff, the world history. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I mean, it, how nostalgic, like Owen was talking about, like, I don't want to go back to the 1950s. I want to go back to like the 1830s. <laughs> and it's the same thing. It's like, man, yeah, the 1800s in America, like, people were crushing, dude. I want to go back to that time. And it's like, but that's almost naturally going to happen. Those cycles of life are going to happen where that time that, like, people like the Bears want to go to, that, like, crushing time, it's inevitably going to lead to a crush. And then our offspring or their offspring are almost going to, like, get too comfortable in it and give it away and lose it. Um, Let's just there's a, a good uh, Let's get a little bit gravy yeah. and, and revert back to our earlier conversation where we're talking about how women adapt to the way that men are. And it's like, you know, yeah. right now you're talking about uh, how, you know, we can, we can laud over the, the past and think of how awesome it is, but to really um, see it like, okay, there's this group of Bertarians that are ready to crush and have families and, and, be the future and it's like everything kind of shifts like that's yeah. that's like an energy that's going out into the world and and it's going to just shift um our future and the way that it's laid out and it's it's kind of beautiful to see it from that perspective where you know the feminine energy of us like not just women or whatever the men too are going to shift and and it's going to create this new world almost. So you're you're really literally like Owen said we're na building a nation. It's going to be a really strong nation. It literally <laughs> will be like from all the things that I you know he's kind of pointing out and all the things that I'm looking at and evaluating. It's like this is going to be a pretty incredible thing, and it's going to I think it'll exponentially explode just the way that it has been there's this yeah. trajectory of Bertaria that it's just going to get better and better <clears throat> not to say that it'll last forever until yeah until but it's a pretty it's a pretty incredible thing and like you know if you if you really think about it and just kind of follow that path it's going to be a pretty amazing thing what do you think about that yeah we ain't going back to what you're kind of saying, like, um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar, right? They're like, I mean, Babylon is at its highest. They're conquering nations. They're taking prisoners. You know, they just, everything's so gold. Like, they have, they're building enormous giant gold statues because of all the excess and all the wealth. And then what happens? They get confident. They get cocky. They're idol worshiping. You know, they're worried about the physical. And then, oops, here comes Persia. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, well, you kind of blew it. You know, you got too stuck in your, into your victories. And kind of that same con concept, too, with Joshua. They call the sons of Joshua or whatever, where it's like, yeah, Joshua, you know, Moses dies. Joshua's called to basically be the one who enters into and conquers Israel. 
for the Israelites. Like, this is your promised land. Go and conquer it. And then when Joshua dies, what? You know, you're just supposed to, like, let be like, oh, yeah, my dad, <laughs> my ancestors won me this land. It's like, no, now you have to defend it. Now you have to keep fighting. Like, you can't just be like, well, my dad was a good warrior, so we're safe. No, now you have to be a good warrior. Like, you have to protect and carry on that legacy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just almost inevitable that it, it falls. But then when it falls, I think it's almost inevitable also that it's reclaimed or regained. Um, I like the phrase that, you know, kind of talking in the aspect of, like, men failing or men have failed and men are so broken and so weak these days and what are we going to do about it? And I like the the thought that if men have lost masculinity or if men have like abandoned their role and lost righteous masculinity it can be reclaimed mm-hmm. like what has been lost can be found right right <laughs> and it will i think it's almost inevitable but then i also think the opposite happens when you find it it's going to be lost again sometime you know i just think that's kind of a natural cycle and you just kind of have to play your part in the role like you're kind of called to live this life for a specific reason um you were made for this moment in time kind of concept you were made for this life. You were made for these battles and these struggles that you face. And you were made for the accomplishments that lie ahead of you. You are to walk into your destiny. And whether it's during good times or whether it's during bad times, I think it kind of, um, it's almost kind of inevitable what happens is if you're in the good times, you're going to almost bring about the bad times in some way. And if you're in the bad times, you're going to bring about the good times. So I kind of see it as a blessing to be, you know, the more and more I see people complaining about how horrible, you know, oh, the LGBT, trans, politics, everything's so horrible. Look at how disgusting everything is. And there's always complaints, you know. And I kind of see it as like a blessing. Like we're going to be the people that rebuild this. Like we're a part of the quote unquote bad times. Let's go be the crushers that go make the good times. I actually see it as the opposite. Like everyone's like, oh, let's go back to the 1950s. No, those are the good times. You want to live during the good times and be blamed for the fall <laughs> and That's be a part feeling. of making it the bad times? You know, it's like I would rather not be the person in the good times leading to the bad times. I'd rather be right where we are right well, now and, like, in the well, bad times making the good times. Who's to say that the 50s were good times? Right, yeah, like, right, yeah. <laughs> we're looking at it yeah. from, you know, an idealized perspective it doesn't necessarily mean that it was good. Like there was a lot of horror that came with it. There was, you know, families had come back from World War II and and they're just traumatized. And, you know, families came from World War One and they're just traumatized. There's lots of death. There's yeah. there's all this there's all this stuff. Women are going to work, breaking up the family. <laughs> like yeah. the fifties weren't that all that great. You yeah. Know? And it, it just kind of went against everything. It's, and we can look back and oh it was so wholesome and leave it to beaver or whatever you want to say but it, it just was yeah. not it's it was not like i don't think it was as it was portrayed i think there was still a lot of suffering going on and um you can see it where you know early on we were talking about how we're how if you have this god-shaped hole in your heart you're seeking the material and, and that's what they were doing we're seeking the material yeah. And I was just watching, um, I love Red Pill Roosters cartoons. Mm-hmm. I love all the animators cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> and here's why. Yeah. Yeah. because when the animators take something or when any bear, any, any bear takes something that um, Owen is saying or something that's really poignant or just this really strong truth, 
and they put it into a form of entertainment, you can look back. It's like almost a snapshot of history of, you know, where we are as bears. Now you can go back and look, okay, here's where we were kind of going on about Antarctica or going on about the baby boomers or going on about (laughs) whatever, like it is. And red roosters. The spell of the day. The boomer where he's like, um, you know, I, I, what have you done millennial? Like you're, you're building your life on our scraps. And he's like sitting there and, and red pill rooster is just like, don't even, don't even, don't even take the bait of where he's at. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's such an interesting concept because now you can look at it and it's entertaining and it's fun. And I, I, I enjoy wa- watching them, but it's just like, that's really what we're, kind of in a battle with is like we don't want that material like we don't want that materialism and so many of the things that you said early on is like you know we we can think that we want a homestead or you know to eight to ten kids or this or that and that but is that what god wants for you and um we can have this god-shaped hole in our heart and we can try and fill it with all this material stuff but is that what god wants for you i think god wants to be filling that God-shaped heart, uh, yeah. heart or whatever. And uh, let's see, I'm missing some stuff. Hey, yeah, everyone's there. crushing oh. the chat. Oh, camera. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, there's lots of good comments here. Oh, my gosh, I'm missing them. Camera Bear, Finksburg, Mr. Blue. Got some legends. Titty Bear. Yeah, Babylon. Uh, the book of Judges is basically that weak men, false idols. God sends a judge, peace for a generation, rinse, repeat. Yeah, I, I bring that yeah. up a lot, Katie Covert. Um, if you read the book of Judges, it, it really is a, a lot of, and, you know, they did, or the book of Kings, even. Yeah. It's like a, and he did good in the sight of the Lord and was blessed. And then, he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And, and, all yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. and you see this like constantly happens and it's in it from generation to generation, just looking snapshot wise, you look at, uh, you know, David, Saul to David, yeah. to Solomon, and then, you know, going yeah. on, you're just like, okay, um, you know, Solomon's kids aren't, even before that cycle began that's actually a really poignant lesson is you know the people of israel come to samuel who is just revered just a varied man of god speaking for god great everyone loves him everyone's crushing everyone's having a good time and, and the judges. jews are like oh yeah and the jews are like hey we want a king we want to be like everyone else and mm-hmm. samuel's like no <laughs> you don't want that and then God's like, ah, they want a king. I'll give them a king. Like, I'll give them what they want, and they're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, just like, we want, we want, we want to be like them. We want an idol to worship. We want this. We want this. And God's like, I'll give you exactly what you want, and it's not going to be pretty, you know? And then here comes Saul. <laughs> you know, it's like this big mistake comes, and then what's the correction? David has to come and correct that, right? And then, like you said, it's like the cycle kind of happens of like good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of a good point. And kind of what you're saying is like, when God gives you what you want, what you want, you should actually kind of hit the brakes. You should probably hit pause because <laughs> a lesson might be coming to smack you in the face, you know, 
what you want is not necessarily the right thing, you know, and like that's the challenges in your life, the hardships in your life that, you, you know, you want to pray yourself out of. Sometimes those are what you need. Like that's what's going to actually build you up and develop your character, develop your strengths, develop your skills. And if you keep praying yourself out of hardships or working yourself and avoiding yourself from, you know, facing challenges, you're not going to grow. You're not going to build. You're going to get too comfortable. You're going to get weak and die. The thing about what Owen says about the plants that don't have wind, when you grow plants in a, in a perfect environment without any kind of like friction, um, they just get weak and die. You put them in the, in the outside, you, put, you actually take them from the indoor um, greenhouse and you plant them outside, they die because they're not used to like friction. They're not used to struggle. So you almost have to artificially give them struggle to build them up. Um, do you think the plants want that? <laughs> <laughs> the plants are probably great in their greenhouse, living life large. It's all comfortable. It's all easy. No one's eating them. There's no birds. There's no predators. There's no bugs. There's no wind. There's no cold. There's no heat. Besides their sea dews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, little plants. Little, the plants that have grit, you know. <laughs> but when you put them outside, I mean, that's the stuff that is going to help them actually survive and thrive is the struggle. The stuff that you don't necessarily want. So when you, get, when you get what you want, it's almost bad for you in the long run. Obviously not always, <laughs> but I just like that well, concept and, of when, you know, when God gives you what, you what you want, you should actually kind of hit the brakes and be cautious and worried about what's coming next. And, and you know, that's, a, that's one of the big lessons that I had to learn going through my transformation of the last two years is I started looking at everything and it was like, this is what American society or our culture says that we want. And it's like a house, a job, car, um, you know, school loans, whatever it is. And, <laughs> and um, none of that stuff, like once I looked at it and really looked at it with serious eyes, I was like, all of this, it was such a struggle. It's a struggle for me to maintain. It's a struggle for me. It was a struggle for me to get it. I suffered greatly for it. Um, and I don't even want it. I will walk away from it. And I've literally had yeah. to make the hard choice of walking away from all of that stuff. Because it just, even though I wanted it, it's not what God really wanted for me. And I think God was already yeah. like telling, like giving me these, these messages that I was ignoring because I was just so busy in my own, in my own will that I couldn't hear what God's will was for me. And so it was, it, it really is a sobering thing. And um, it's a good exercise for people to do, to really look at, okay, where, where am I? Like all the things in my life, you know, where are my struggles? Uh, where are my strengths? Like what is going on? And really do this true inventory of their lives to see, okay, maybe I'm struggling here because I shouldn't be doing that. God's telling me through this struggle, yeah. it's my will and it's, it's maybe not something that I should be doing. If it's a constant struggle, like you have to kind of evaluate it and pray on it and, and all that stuff. I'm not telling you what to do. <laughs> not your life. <laughs> how, how dare you? <laughs> uh, Lady B said, Owen helped me know how I failed as a stay at home mom and to know my value more and to value my past choices more and raise my self-worth even more. So much gratitude, like 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, it says, I was stay at my home mom for 16 years and my husband changed and I had to work. 
that's a hard that's a hard decision but sometimes we do have to work as women so i do it um fink says i'm a big sean v fan after today you're doing great stuff brother you got <laughs> okay. appreciate that thank that's, you that's awesome. <laughs> he, uh, for those of you yeah. that missed it he was on 83 with row or 83 of hanging with bears with row and that's um it's on youtube and i think it's also on the channel so yeah uh good night jesse g and let's see anybody else has things to say hi rhino hi joe mm -hmm. uh what else we got in here? Flocal, join us. So down mm -hmm. with Sean's Christ <laughs> Christo Judeo values. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Allegedly, yeah. electric toothbrushes are great for irritating plants, Finksford says. Have you seen that? Somebody takes an electric the toothbrush. What? They take an electric toothbrush and they like, um, try to stimulate the plants like bees would with their buzzing really that help uh wow yeah does that make them pollinate like does that kind of I trigger something that makes them, them bloom or makes them pollinate i think so that's what that's what well, the workers are saying so i eventually want to get into bees when i eventually get my land of you know <laughs> praise be to god <laughs> hopefully this is in his plan but when i get land and homestead i want to um you know sheep couple cows chickens um but bees i actually i've always been interested in bees i've never been scared of them or you know everyone else will like run away from them and stuff and it's just so interesting and i can't think of her name but owen's played clips of her before and i keep seeing her clips all over the place on tiktok where it's just like this beekeeper lady and she just so calmly like walks up to bees and just like picks them up and scoops them <laughs> like her job is people call people call her and they're like there's there's a hive that's infested this you know cabin in my backyard. Can you come, either kill it or get rid of it? So she comes and basically makes like an artificial hive and scoops these bees into her hive, and then takes them home and either uses them on like on her, on her land or re relocates into the wild. And she really just has these awesome breakdowns of how the queen bee works and how the hive interacts and like what the worker bees are doing and what the queen's up to and the guard that defends the queen and stuff and what happens when they reject the queen. And they're just so interesting. Bees are really interesting. Um, I guess someone says she's amazing. I can't think of her name, but shout out to whoever that lady is. Beekeeper something on TikTok. Finish um, said, don't get bike thief. I mean, Africanized bees. Yeah. <laughs> We well, yeah, and then the, the murder hornets. I don't know if you ever heard about that with the, the Japanese oh, bees. The murder hornets? And so oh, yeah. that they're coming and American bees are not adapted to them. So the murder, murder hornets just come and, you know, just wipe out whatever bees, the, whatever the breeds of bees that we have here in America. That's but the videos of the Africanized bees. Really? Yeah. Apparently this is different. Fear, fear porn. I don't know. Fear mongering. But I did watch yeah. this really interesting video of um, the Japanese bees have adapted to the tactics of the murder mortar hornet. So they'll actually lure the, the murder hornet into their nest, almost like, like a trap. <laughs> they lure them in and so the murder hornet's like, yes, nice, I'm in, I'm in, the, I'm in the hive, I'm gonna start you know, feasting now. And basically like a trigger, of a warning's given and all the bees surround the, mur the murder hornet and they literally just vibrate. So they surround them, like basically just like a pile, like a dog pile of the bees and they vibrate and they basically make an oven <laughs> around the, the murder hornet oh, wow. and like slowly cook it to death. 
it's one of those things where it's just like it's, it's it's kind, of, kind of can I watch that? Yeah, yeah, check it out. I think it's called like Japanese Bees vs. Murder Mortar Hornet or How to How to Defeat a, a Murder. I can't pronounce it. Sorry, Dude, I love Murder that. Hornet. But it's just so interesting how like, and then I mean that can you can branch that off with so many allegories of what happens when a community learns how to defend itself. Mm-hmm. What happens when like a selfish act of of self defense, you know, when a predator comes in, what are you going to do about it? Are you just going to get picked off one by one, or are you all going to play your part one by one? you know, 200 bees all at once having the same game plan of, you know, getting this murder hornet, luring it into a trap and defeating it. And it's such a crazy way. Like they literally just dogpile on it and vibrate. And it makes it so like the bees have the right body temperature to survive the heat, but the hornet doesn't. So the hornet actually gets like slow cooked to death and the bees are like just good enough where they can survive that heat that's made. Really interesting. It's a long story short. Sorry for the ramble. (laughs) I want to get into bees. I want to be a beekeeper in the future. (laughs) It's really, that's really funny. A couple, like probably about a month ago, there was a swarm at at work and I, um, I had to go, I had to go out to one door and go into another and I come out and I just see all these bugs flying in the air and I'm like, what is that? And I'm just like, just like really peacefully like oh wow these this is really cool and then yeah. I was like oh what are they like oh they're bees like what what are all these bees doing here they're just like <laughs> I mean t- like hundreds and hundreds of bees and I'm just like oh this is like magical and somebody opens the door and is like they're bees and I'm like yeah I can see that yeah and I just like calmly I'm just checking them out like walk by and they're swarming and then I I go and I go talk to the person and I come back out and they had all like kind of congregated into one area. And so I called the bee. um, We have a local bee collector, like a rescuer to come and get them because it's actually illegal in the state of Oregon to kill um, bees. We can't kill them. Um, You have to, you have to like let them be or (laughs) or you can uh, have somebody collect them and, and take them and put them in a hive. Yeah. And so I, you know, I called up somebody and they came and picked him up, but it was just a, it was, it was just funny. Cause I, you know, a lot of people are just terrified of bees and, and, uh, like you're talking to that woman, I would just, probably, I'm just pretty calm around him. I've been around, I've been stung by bees. It's not comfortable, but like for the yeah. most part, I'm not a threat to them. I'm not trying to take their pollen or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm just not just, really scared. Like, if you just kind of, if your vibe is just kind of like, if you're just kind of like, hey, Mr. B, what's up? You know, they just kind of buzz on you and they land on you and they fly away. Like, they don't really mess with you. I think I the problem is when you get freaked out and you give up this, like, pulse, this energy of, like, fear. I yeah. think that's actually when you get stung. I think when you react quickly and move, like, that's when you become a threat to them. And that's when they react. Kind of how everything, like, I've always just been real chill with dogs and cats my whole life. Like, you know, I'll have friends that they're like, oh, sorry about my dog. Like, just try to, you know, I'll, I'll try to keep him back. He hates everyone. And the dog will just come right up to me. And I think it's just if you just have this vibe of chill, like you have good vibes, you have good positive energy, like they feed off of that. Flip side, though, is horses. So I, <laughs> one thing I hate is horses. I don't know what it is. Like, they just freak me out. And then when you're around a horse and you're freaked out, they can sense that. And now they're freaked out. And now you're both freaking each other out. And you're both scared of each other. 
and you're <laughs> so there's just like this energy that I don't know what it is the pheromones in the air or the actual vibrations you're giving off that you're feeding off of each other I don't necessarily know what the science is behind it I just kind of get the vibe I get the feeling that it's kind of if you have good positive energy I think other living creatures can feel that and react a certain way based on that um kind of like that predator prey thing too like if you're acting like prey a predator will attack like will will go after you you know and kind of the same thing like if you're a kind of a prey animal mindset if you're an aggressive person and you're around weak people i think you just get this vibe whether it be pheromones or energy pulsating or whatever it is chakras <laughs> i think some things that just are like intangible you can't see them you can't like really easily explain what they are but I think there's just things in nature like that that make you act certain ways and make bees like you or make dogs like you or horses hate you. Yeah. yeah. Um, my, my boss at work has a bulldog, an English bulldog. And, and he's like, don't ever put your hand in here. Cause she'll, she'll go after you. And <laughs> it like, won't come out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do, not doing anything. All right. And then now she like, she, there's this window between our offices and she, there's a chair there and she'll just sit there and like stare at me all day. Really? Like, <laughs> are you going to give me attention? And, like, and I'm not necessarily like a big dog not supposed to. or anything like that. I'm, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and so I, you know, I go up and I'm like, okay, what's going on? Like, what do you need? <laughs> she just wants a little bit of attention, but she'll just get into these fits sometimes. And it's usually when my um, energy is just like, you know, because I'm up and down or whatever. But um, it's usually like at a time when I'm like really frenzied and just kind of energetic that she gets a little like wacky too. And it's just, <laughs> it's just really funny. And I think, um, uh, you know, there's other, she, I, I don't think she really likes other women is what I'm hearing from other people. It's like, it's really weird. Like she does not like any right. other women, but she just really bonds well with me. So um, right. there really is something to like having that peace and calm and that vibe. And uh, many bears share it. Like I've, I've met so many different bears. Um, it's like we all like, like, like animal bears or like us like, like, legends, legends. like bears in the wild or like us the <laughs> uh, they're they're really relaxed and chilled and you know there's there's certain bears that i just come in i'm like whoa like even even though i'm maybe calm like this is even more like calm and peaceful and serene and whatever so it's been it's been a really neat experience um, just, just being able to meet a lot of people with that like-mindedness where we're all in the same, same, uh, groove, same vibe, same frequency. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's really nice to like have friends that you can just kind of call in and drop on anytime. And they're like really grateful for it. Love that. Yeah. Out of all the bears you've met in real life, who's the best and who's the worst? <laughs> <laughs> and you have to answer. I do. <laughs> In real life. Yeah. Um, I've met who's I've the met best bear so and who's the worst bear. Um I haven't really met any worst bears. Like I met <laughs> Tree Bear, you know, last year I met him and you know, I could definitely see 
there's just this really interesting thing. So the way people are in chat are how they are in real life. And it's, and it right. translates really well. So if you see them in chat, you're conversating with them, you're having like the chances are um, they're going to be that way. I haven't met Barry Belichick yet. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of avoiding. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping that would be like, yeah, yeah I met Paraplegic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The lobster. Yeah, I didn't meet him. <laughs> um, oh yeah. One of the most peaceful people or families that I met was Woodshop Bear. And right. Yeah. His vibe is like so chill that even I was like, okay. I'm just relaxing. This is great. I love that. Um, I I really haven't met too many bears that I haven't liked. Um, like you know, like I said, even Dimitri. I I'm just a really optimistic person though too. So whenever I meet somebody, um, I did have a run in, I guess, with uh, Waterloo Bear, and um, I didn't like that guy too much for a while. <laughs> Um, oh no! I don't really, know him. Is that is that a red flag? It was really it was really spastic. Um, it was an interesting interaction, um, and I don't know if he was just really kind of wigging out or whatever. He was stressed out, but it was just not a good interaction with me. So I, I guess that would be my worst thing. It wasn't like, oh, I can't be here. But it was just the. Uh, yeah, it was the vibes were matching. Sure, the vibes were know. off. Yeah. <laughs> the Waterloo incident. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was gluten. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty off. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily, you know, I don't like saying terrible things about people, but it just, um, from my experience with him, I probably wouldn't want to hang out with him again um, <clears throat> just because it was very odd <laughs> but like not on the same plane as me i guess but, um and i met i met dimitri baron it's just like you know, it's, he, he had this oh no conversation and it, he wasn't a terrible person i think he's just got he is really troubled from his upbringing and you know i get it like i can have compassion for that yeah and i have a compassion for a lot of people and, and when i see people in these you know lowered states it's like they're still attached to some sort of trauma and i can yeah. relate to that like i still yeah. deal with my traumas and yeah. um my twins love meeting copper in person <laughs> does dimitri look like a lesbian in real life <laughs> no he doesn't <laughs> i think that is crucial is the uh the compassion aspect and the forgiveness also because yeah. even if you're like, okay, like, I just don't want to be around you anymore, you still need to forgive them. Like, you still need to have that compassion for them and sympathize with them. Be like, yeah, like, I, I sympathize with you, man. You're going through trauma. Like, you need help. But, like, I just don't want a fellowship with you. I can't do it. You, mm -hmm. You've lost my trust or, you know, I just don't feel comfortable around you. But I forgive you. But I still love you. I'm going to love you from afar. But I love you. I have compassion for you. And I think that forgiveness thing is so key for yourself and for them. When they know that they've been forgiven, you're giving them an out, you're giving them a chance to overcome it and maybe potentially rebuild the bridge later on in life, but also for yourself and your soul. Like we are called to forgive those who wrong us. 
And I think there's just something spiritually right about that, even to the worst of people, people who freak you out or <laughs> done you wrong. And I think, Jay, like going off that, like you, you can't linger on your yesterday. Mm-hmm. So like if you're like, yeah, yesterday this person was bad to me, well, tomorrow they might not be. Right. So you got to have, like, forgiveness is so crucial to exit out of that trauma or whatever bad happened yesterday and go into the good that is awaiting you tomorrow. And I think if people that can't really forgive truly in their heart, they might be able to say it with their lips, but if you can't truly forgive people or have compassion for people, you're never really going to enter into that tomorrow that's awaiting you of bliss and love. Yeah, and, you know, I... I want nothing but for people to be healed and um, I want to be healed. Like I want Jesus Christ's life. Like I want his sacrifice (laughs) to me. You know, I want that Holy spirit to be indwelled in me and I want that for my friends and I want to be connected to God. And, you know, I, I want that for everybody who is, in my social circle, I want them to feel good about being around me, to have trust in me. I want to trust them. I want to build these foundational relationships that will matter in the future. And, um, you know, my journey hasn't been the easiest journey. And, um, you know, it's taken a lot of forgiveness for my own self. And you probably feel the same way about yourself, yeah. right? And so many parents <laughs> feel the same way about yeah. themselves. Like, there, if you have that desire, though, um, you still have to respect yourself and still have to kind of put yourself into good positions. But, um, uh, yeah, it was, it, it wasn't terrible. Um, it wasn't, like, the best feeling that I had, but you know, it's, it is what it is and, and whatever, like, you know, I just focused on helping my community have the best time around me that I could in the best way that I knew how, which is feeding people (laughs) Mm -hmm. being in the kitchen. But, um, yeah. And then, you know, just being a source of inspiration to people like, you know, like you are, you're reaching out to these young men who need you to maybe hold their hand for a little bit of this part of their journey. And um, it's, it's so wonderful that you're able to reach out and (laughs) um, it's. (laughs) Thanks for for bringing up that trauma. I thought I successfully buried. (laughs) Did you really? (laughs) No. Like, I'm Irish, so we're really used to just, like, all the trauma in your life, you just bury it deep inside, and then you just live the rest of your life. You don't talk about it, (laughs) and one day you die, and no one brings it up. When someone scratches that surface, it all comes out all at once. (laughs) Thanks, Pink Spare. Thanks for... (laughs) I thought I successfully buried those skeletons in my closet, but... I was I was believing it for a minute. I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm so lamin. <laughs> yeah. um, well, what was your um, like? What was your like then God moment? Like where? Like what really pushed you over that edge of being like worldly and then finding the light? 
like your come to the light moment or the then God, I guess is the TikTok phrase. Um, there, I don't know anything about that. I, I quit TikTok <laughs> like after a month. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. But, um, my find God moment was probably when I was pregnant with my second son, Huckleberry. And it wasn't even really a find God moment. It was, it was already there. Um, because when I was 17, <clears throat> um, when I was 17, I, I'm liberal. You gotta remember this, but my <laughs> friend is like, let's, let's, be, let's seek wisdom. Let's be as wise as we can. And we were reading Solomon in the Bible. And she's like, I, I was like, you read the Bible. Cause we're reading all these other things that are not, you know, seeking all these other religions. We're not reading the Bible. And she's like, oh yeah, I read the Bible. It's got a lot of wisdom in it. Why wouldn't I? And that phrase, her saying that simple phrase was like the moment where I was like, it was almost like this really small, tiny seed. And it took a really long time to germinate. This really <laughs> tiny seed at 17 was planted. And um, from then on, it was, it was a very rough road for me of reading the Bible partying, reading the Bible, partying. It was kind of a flip-flop. And once I had my son and I felt, so there was a moment when I was pregnant with him and I don't really talk about it a lot, but <clears throat> my ex told me after we had gone to see what the sex was to get an abortion. And that moment was a life changer. I was like, no, there's no way I'm going to kill this life that's in me because I love it. And it was almost an energetic love that I had. Awesome. And um, that was a huge, that was a huge transition in my life. I quit drinking, I quit smoking, like I quit all these like, you know, bad, poor habits, poor habit making, not eating pickles at midnight. I still do that, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a really life-changing moment at that time where you have this actual, like almost energy of love just beaming out of you. And just, you have this life that you're taking care of. And, you know, I think it was, there was a lot of things that had, that God had to kind of move away or kind of clean off from the surface to get to that point. But from that point, it was still, it's still a struggle, but, um, I continue to be a better person every day. And yeah. even though I made a lot of poor choices, I, I still had a strong will and I was going to do my thing. Um, that love for someone other than yourself, that selflessness was was there and it was very strong. And um, I had a second moment and I've talked about this before where I had that experience of love. And when I was thinking, I was standing in my old house, my house I just sold, I was standing at, at the oven and I was just thinking about all the people that I had gone and visited. And as I'm thinking about them and there's a lot of other things that are going on. Um, there was, 
there was some gamma stuff that was going on that was really kind of troubling me. And I was just standing there and I was like, these people that I've met, I love them. And I just felt this, like, just this, that same energy of Bertaria, just the people of <laughs> Bertaria, this love energy is kind of flow out of my body yeah. from my heart. And <laughs> absolutely. Oh my gosh. Cause you have those experiences and it's very memorable because it doesn't happen to me all the time. Maybe it will happen more frequently, but it's just, you know, you, there's these really pointed experiences and I was like, wow, this is pretty, um, this is pretty intense. And, um, it just, was kind of a confirmation that this is where you're supposed to be this this love that you have for your community is where you're supposed to be it's almost like god was saying yes continue continue what you're doing like continue loving these people continue caring for them continue spreading whatever good message of inspiration or or if you need to send them seeds like do it without even thinking about how much it costs or whatever like do it selflessly and so I just have this real yeah. selfless love. And so those are my God moments. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> they're, they're kind of peppered, they're peppered in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's kind of where I've come to be. And it's, it's a pretty incredible journey and it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's just begun. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you, what was your God moment? What is your then God moment? Whew. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the same thing and like just real quick I love that concept of like you're gonna keep messing up like you're going to sin but you're not a sinner anymore right like you make mistakes along the way like things are gonna lead you off of your your path off of your trajectory but you keep getting back up you keep having that spark that goes nope <laughs> yeah I dipped yeah I backslide a little bit but nope we're, we're gonna we're gonna fight and we're gonna reclaim it and keep going um yeah, my thing was, you know, I, I discussed with Robert, but I'll, I'll summarize it. I say my testimony a lot, so I got to, like, summarize it to the people who be like, okay, man, we've heard this five times. But I was just horrible, degenerate person, degenerate heathen, didn't believe in God, just total, like, same thing, raised by liberals and atheists my whole life. I was just like, religion's stupid. Like, you know, the Bible's just old, old fables used to manipulate people and partied got up to all sorts of no good, horrible person, liar, cheater, <laughs> just bad, bad, bad. Everything was so bad. And then I eventually went to just make the decision to just kill myself. And it was just a moment where God just intervened undeniably. The right person was sent at the right time to distract me and give me hope, give me motivation and set me on a mission. Um, and from that point over, it was just like, okay, God's real. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to kill myself and he needs me to do something. He clearly just like intervened in my life. Um, not necessarily in like miraculous way, but it was just so clearly like God's fingerprint all over that day. And I just went from being a completely non-believer to just thinking like everything's physical, you know, the world is just material evolution's real, you know, we're just little specks floating on a speck, you know, an infinite, infinite nothingness to just, by the end of that next night going, okay, God is definitely real. Now, what do I do about that? Like, how do I connect with them? So slowly but surely, it was like finding the right people, finding Jesse Lee Peterson, finding Owen Benjamin, finding Rouge Fee, who were like, read the Bible. <laughs> read the Bible, be born again, you know? 
And I was like, I don't really know what that means. I've never been to church before. I don't know what church to go to. I don't know. You know, I was so unchurched. I didn't really know what to do. So I kind of was like, God's real. And I'm kind of learning about things and people talking about like parables and kind of explaining the Bible. Um, but really it took a night, you know, I finally went out and bought a Bible and I still was just kind of like, yeah, I'll just keep listening to podcasts where people talk about it. That's good enough. Right. And then there was just one night where I ate a bunch. I was smoking a bunch of weed. My girlfriend broke up with me a month before I was all sad about it. I was like angry about politics stuff. Um, I literally like vomited because I ate too much. I was super like high the next night I had plans to go out, you know, on a date with a girl that I was probably going to do bad stuff with at a bar where I was probably going to do bad stuff. And I just broke down, you know, and I broke down and I would just literally close my eyes. And I was like, just thinking, I mean, it was the first time I ever prayed. I was just like, God, I don't know what prayer is. I think this is it. Um, can you please just show me like just that true moment of like surrender where I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. This past I've had is over. I'm done. I'm ready to just bury it and just let you show me and lead me and guide me wherever you need me to go. And from that moment, I mean, I opened my eyes and I looked over in my room and there was the, I had a New Testament. It was just the New Testament. And I was like, well, that's, you know, that's weird that that was the first thing my eyes set my, <laughs> but after this like moment, that was the first thing that my eyes like fixated on. And I started reading, to be honest, you know, you start reading Matthew. The first two chapters of Matthew are confusing lineages. And, you know, you're starting to read about like John the Baptist. You're like, who's that guy? What is this? You know? <laughs> Which to people born and raised in a church, it's like you are born and raised with these stories. But for a first time reader, I'm like, uh, baptism, Holy Spirit, like, what is this, you know? But then you get to chapter four, and then it's Sermon on the Mount, chapter five. And mm -hmm. I mean, five, six, and seven, it was just over. It was just this explosion of like, this is true. This resonates so well. Like, this is, and I, the thought I kept having was like, who hid this from me? Like, why did everyone convince me that this was wrong? Because as you read it, you're like, this is undeniably the truth. This is like undeniably logos, whatever you want to call it, like the word. It's so real. I almost felt like the pages were written on my heart before I even read them. And from that moment on, it was just reading the Bible and praying. And I wasn't going to a church. I didn't have churchy and things in my life. I didn't have rituals. I was such a blank slate being imprinted on. Um, and that journey was amazing. But even still, it took me like another two months to just go and finally forgive my parents. And I think that was truly the moment where, you know, I kind of went from being like, first, first I had to realize God was real. Then I had to start reading the Bible and understanding scripture, understanding his word and understanding what he wants us to do. Then there was kind of this last moment of like being what I call when I was born again, which was just truly forgiving my parents and truly forgiving and just truly surrendering myself to God. And from that moment on, it was just over. <laughs> like, I just, you know, you can go back and watch all my live streams, but I basically just, you know, from my, from my channel, from live stream one is literally episode one is me. The moment that I had just quit my job, gave away all my stuff, said goodbye to all my friends and family, got into a little tiny car and just drove to Nashville because God was calling me here to Nashville. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't... <laughs> I don't have a job. I don't have a house. I don't really have money. I just know God needs me to do this and I'm following through on it. I went, I left homeless out of my car and just started to kind of like being discipled by different people in my life and discipling people in my life. And the journey ever since has been so clear what he wants me to do. Um, 
he brought me to Nashville because Williamson County is just south of Nashville. It's the third richest county in America, and it's also the number one county for suicides. So now it makes perfect sense why God brought me here <laughs> was to use my story and my testimony and my experience to come here and start speaking to young men like myself where I was. Um, I think he might have led me to my wife. You know, my, she's my girlfriend right now, but, you know, there's certain friends in my life, certain mentors that none of this stuff would have happened if I didn't take that leap of faith and start trusting God after I was born again. And when you are, like when you have that light, when you, like you said, that love, when it's not your temporary love, when it truly is God's love mm -hmm. entering into you, you're accepting it, you're receiving it willingly, and you're willing to obey and submit to him. Like, it's just over. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than that. Like all your little selfish wants and desires go out the window and it just becomes, what do you need me to do? And then you just see like the beauty that comes from it in your life. And then in the ripple effect of the lives you're touching and interacting with. Um, yeah, that was kind of as I, almost like a three-part process, kind of like what you're saying, where it wasn't just click, now it's over. It was well, like, and it took me to like understand God's real to then also like, okay, what is God? Let me have it explained to me. Let me see what he wants from us. And then there was kind of that final moment of truly like forgiving the people in your life that need to be forgiven and kind of truly repenting of your sins and truly giving yourself to him. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting the the transformation of the last two years really just especially last year my spiritual life my spiritual relationship with god and jesus and the holy spirit like the whole gambit like it's just been an incredible experience and it's really funny the way that it happened it was like i'm going to be more feminine that was my goal it wasn't it wasn't like I'm going to be, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit or anything like that. But so in my, I was like, okay, I need to, to not do my will. I need to stop doing my will. I need to do it as much as possible. I need to figure out what that is, where it is and just knock it off. And so once I started, once I started doing that, there was, there was little things of, okay, I'm going to look more feminine. I'm going to behave more feminine. I'm going to try and bite my lip and not say the dirty jokes at the, at the workplace, like I always do. And, um, you know, cause you get along, you play along to get along. And, um, I'm going to try and like really tear that back. Um, in, in Owen's chats, I'm going to try and tear that back as well and not <laughs> be so like vulgar and, and really just try to be more feminine. And so throughout this yeah. whole thing, the 20, the year of 2020, this whole time, um, I'm really making these changes and it, and slowly over time, it's making these changes. And, and it's like, I could sense the Holy spirit more when I was relaxed as a woman, I was able to, to receive in that Holy spirit. And yeah. that's, that was just probably one of the most incredible things that I learned in 2020 was that, um, you know, we, I still fight it. I'm like, nope, <laughs> nobody's going to tell me what to do or whatever. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got this big brick wall around me. Um, but it's like, you have to surrender and tear that down. And that's what women are, are to do. They're supposed to like, you know, submit to their husbands or submit to God. <laughs> and so I'm like yeah. really struggling because I didn't have a dad really struggling because my dad abandoned me. And so I have that abandonment trauma of, 
Yeah. Like trying to alleviate that and put God in, like God did not abandon you. God did not abandon you. And it's like, I have to yeah. say the mantra to myself over and over. Like, yeah. your true father is there. Right. <laughs> like there. Your true father is there waiting for you to but return to him. Of, like we yeah. were talking because women are so, we're in the material. We're like really like once what we know in our life is how we relate to God. And it's like, you have that missing. And yeah. so it, it, I just know that it's missing. Um, but once I kind of took a step back, I was being more feminine. I was more focused on what does God want for me. Um, I had that feeling where like that Holy Spirit is operating in your life and he, it, he's there. And yeah. and yeah, you can take, you can make mistakes or whatever, like whatever it is. But, um, you know, that ends that at the end of the day, you want that relationship. You want the Holy Spirit with indwelling within you. You want to, you know, be worthy of the sacrifice of the son. You want to have that relationship with your father in heaven. And yeah. it's so, it's so tremendous. It's so beautiful. Um, and I love that this community is so focused on that kind of stuff because it's so important. And there really aren't any other communities I can think of that where you can be candid like this talk about these things and so many people like you know we've averaged about 20 people watching live um that care about this message that we're talking about care about you yeah. know the funny <laughs> the funny trials and tribulations that <laughs> um you know we didn't go to the moon like you could say all these really funny things it's a really fun environment but then also have these serious like right relationship with god and and how it's like really god-centered and not everybody is probably, but you know, for the most part, that's a pretty big cultural norm of the Baratarians. And so I don't know, it's been, it's yeah. been an incredible journey. And, um, you know, I only imagine that it's going to get even better from here. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like you're saying like you hopped in your car and you're like, I have nothing. And you're going into it, it's like, I sold off everything. I have, I have, <laughs> I have to take care of myself. But there's, there's like, freedom and nothing. There's so there, much there happiness and joy in not having that stuff, that obligations, the contracts, the stuff, the physical stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And being the debt. Just, I mean, that's kind of that, that being debt free, your debts, quote unquote, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> being able to end all those, it really is liberating and really fun. But well, we've been almost, We've been on for almost two hours. I know. It's like, let's go for three more hours. You, in? <laughs> <laughs> you have all night, right? I do like yeah. to keep it to uh, at least two hours because, yeah. uh, you know, MJ updates uh, all these to YouTube and Telegram. And so to be fair to him, you know, it takes a while. Yeah. But um, does anybody help have anything they want to? say to Sean before he takes off. Um, I, once again, just want to say I'm honored to have you on and it's been great. My oh, honor is mine. <laughs> However that phrase goes. I'm so honored to be with you. It's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I love you guys too. I love Veritaria. You know, I've, <laughs> Joe I've Gagan, my, my man. Yeah. I got to meet Joe. I met Joe. Awesome. Met yeah. Finished. I met Finks. Yep, Rhino. 
Someday, now that I'm not on, allowed on planes because I'm not a vax or a mask guy, I'm going to have to road trip out to California to visit my family. I'm guessing just forever. <laughs> so whenever I do, the next time I drive through to San Diego, I'm definitely stopping in Arizona and seeing all the bears down there. So Joe, one day I'll, I'll meet you and you're in, uh, in the AZ. He's in New Arizona, New Mexico. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah. Psych, I'll meet you Albuquerque. in NM. <laughs> Albuquerque. Beware. Oh, that's yeah, right. Beware. That's right. Beware. The Albuquerque, the Albuquerque stare is real. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's. I really like Albuquerque, though. Yeah, it's it's beautiful, but there is there is the stare. It's that's real. So. Really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Owen joked about it, but I saw it. Um, but anyways, uh, well, anyhow, doesn't look like anybody else has anything to say. It's been a great stream. I think we covered a great deal of topics, and yeah. um, it's been wonderful having you, and I'd love to have you on again soon. And Awesome. Yeah, I'd love that. I hope to hear that you're putting a ring on it. <laughs> I know. I got to start making it count soon, right? I got to start, you know, you gotta get, be some, about get some babies, get some, yeah, <laughs> get some bear cubs out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God has a mission for you. Let's put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Don't give her any thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ruining anything. Yeah. But I'm just... No, you're... And, like... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Get a hold I of me it. by Jim Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I right. appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Well, well take care. pleasure having you. And Absolutely. Yeah, it's great being here. And take care, guys. We went to the moon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome. Have a good night. You too. Bye.